Hey, y'all, I've got something so ridiculously cool for you at the end of this podcast. So make sure you listen all the way to the end today. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's go. Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and comforts in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. everybody. It is a good day to be alive. When I'm recording this podcast, uh, it is the week of Thanksgiving. And uh, I love Thanksgiving. It's probably my favorite holiday uh, out of most of the holidays. Uh, I think for me, I feel like it's the one that is focused the most on, um, you know, things that we feel intrinsically um, and not necessarily focused on gift giving and that kind of thing, at least from a, an external physical nature. But I really love uh, really spending some time and thinking about some of the things that we're just thankful for. Um, if you've listened to me long enough or you know me personally, um, I, I love me some Enneagram work. Uh, <laughs> and if you're into that, um, if you haven't been able to tell by now, uh, I identify as an Enneagram 7, um, which means I'm always looking for the party. <laughs> um, and I very much tend to uh, see the optimistic side of life. Uh, just to be clear, this does not mean, and this is for most Enneagram 7s, um, this does not mean that we are out of touch with reality or that we have rose-colored glasses. It is, in fact, quite the opposite, uh, that we have a very deep connection to the reality that is happening in the world. And uh, we just uh, happen to connect to uh, the possibilities of things, the opportunities in things, and uh, the creative and positive side of things. Uh, I look at it this way. I'm like, look, you know, most of the people in the world uh, are not wired that way and so if you think about it this way the way that I'm wired and people like me um, we bring the other side of the coin <laughs> so if you want to think about it that way you can um, but anyway that's why part of why I love uh, Thanksgiving uh, so very much so I'm excited that this week is Thanksgiving and I was thinking about you uh, today and I don't know where you are I don't know if you're working uh, I don't know if you are driving you know if you're on your way to see the fam um, I don't know if you're on a plane, uh, if you've jumped on a train in between cities, uh, wherever you are, uh, I'm thinking about you. And as I was thinking about you today, you know, there was a part of me that said, ain't nobody listening to a podcast during Thanksgiving week. And then there was another part of me that said, you know, and this was actually uh, spurred on by my coach, Scott. I said, you know, maybe this is the perfect time to uh, share what I'm going to share today. Um, as you are approaching uh, this Thanksgiving time and you're going to be with people. And more than likely, maybe even more than usual, uh, you're going to be with people that have different come-froms than you. 
Uh, you're going to ha- deal with people who have uh, different worldviews from you, that kind of thing. And so um, what I want to share with you today is uh, four ways to handle uh, the Thanksgiving table cross-culturally. Now, um, you know, during the week, I work with uh, companies and organizations. I work with presidents and CEOs and senior teams. Uh, that is where I spend most of my energy and most of my culture coaching work. And I love it. And if you've heard me talk about it before, I love leaders. I love working with people who have an opportunity to use their power, their platform, uh, their purpose, their influence to make real change, real cultural change, first in their personal life, then in their company and organizational life, and then have that roll out to uh, the world or the communities in which they touch. Uh, I love leaders so much. And over the last week or so, as I've been working with my clients and we've been talking about uh, how to build uh, the skill of multicultural leadership and how to build new practices of cultural competency within their organizations, almost all of my clients with about five minutes or so left of our time together say, hey, can I just, uh, can I ask you about something for a minute? And uh, this has always come up over the last week or so is my clients have asked me, how do they navigate the Thanksgiving table? How do they navigate the Thanksgiving table? You know, it's one thing to be the leader of an organization (laughs) or work on staff, right, with some colleagues. It's another thing to sit at a table with people that you love, people that have known you almost all of your life and who hold a variety of different kinds of come froms um, and thinking. You know, when we come to the Thanksgiving table, so many of us um, probably experience a lot of different things, right? Uh, There are many of us who are with our family who are blood related. And for some of you, this is once a year, right? That you see uh, family, um, you know, from all over. And maybe you all just get together once a year or maybe it's just twice a year, you know, maybe it's Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, there are some of you that will come to Thanksgiving tables and you all see each other all the time, right? Family, like every year uh, or, or every couple of months or whatever it is, right? You see each other at the table. There are others of you, uh, like I will uh, this year, is you gather around a table of friends and friends, uh, some who you've, you have adopted as family, right? Friends who... Uh, are close like family, sometimes closer than family, right? And some of you will also be at tables where there'll be people that you've met for the first time, you know, Uh, your cousin's new boyfriend or your father's new wife or, you know, whatever it is, you'll be with some people that you haven't met before. And and what the Thanksgiving table or any table to that uh, matter really breeds an opportunity for is connection. Now, The table breeds a connection uh, and an opportunity for either really great healthy connection or really awkward, um, negative, a lot of times unwanted connection. And for many of you, you may be listening to this and thinking to yourself already like, how in the world am I going to navigate with my family? And this doesn't matter uh, what your cultural come from is. Let me be very clear. 
okay? It doesn't matter what your come from is. You may be thinking the same thing. You know, some people, if you hold one worldview, you might be, oh God, like how do I navigate this table with my family? But trust me, uh, your family that you're concerned about are probably concerned about you too. (laughs) I don't like that that's true, by the way, but I believe it is. So just keep that in mind that everybody is thinking about how to navigate uh, the Thanksgiving table, okay? Now, when you come to the Thanksgiving table, it can be a cross-cultural event, even if you all come from the same people group, Okay, that's why this is relevant for us today on the Culture Coach podcast, right? Because you might have to think, well, what's being with my family got to do with culture? Well, this is why I love the word culture and not race, right? Because you all may be the same race, uh, the same ethnic come from, but you all, it's, it's very possible, have very different cultural come froms, okay? Th- those cultural differences can center in worldview, uh, generational come from, political views, right? They don't have to be interracial uh, views on things. And everybody that I have heard from, that this is the thing that is, uh, that is hard to navigate the most, right? Worldview, generational come from, and political views, right? How we see the world. And it's nothing like a Thanksgiving table designed for connection, <laughs> to bring people into a space where they're trying to have some conversation with each other um, about things maybe that are common. Uh, But what we don't always realize is that the way that we see the world oftentimes is not common at all, particularly when we get together with our families or different groups of people. Okay, so here are uh, some things to think about. Oh, let me say one more thing. That is, You know, if you're working with somebody or you're the leader of a company, right, and you're uh, working with your staff or something like that, oftentimes it can actually feel a lot easier for us uh, to navigate these times, right? Because, uh, you know, at some level, um, there's not, the perception is there's not quite as much to lose. It's a lot different when you're trying to think about how do you navigate a conversation with your father, right? How do you, how do you keep a conversation on the rails with your sister? You know, how do you stay connected and not want to strangle your aunt Betty, (laughs) right? Uh, your, your uncle Bob, I don't know, your, your cousin Keisha, whatever it is, right? It's harder because we value these relationships a lot. We want to stay connected, we want to stay united and we want to stay one, right? And so the perception of loss and then having to see each other again, like next year or the next family outing or whatever it is, is high. And so many times, you know, we can kind of cower and go into a space where we don't know what to do. So I wanna give you four things to consider uh, as you're gathering around the Thanksgiving table this year, okay? So number one, Uh, Set a boundary beforehand, Uh, you know, if if you need to, if the conversation or the come from is that intense, right? Some of you, uh, the reason you have some anxiety around gathering is because you already know that that there's that family member that you're going to have a conversation with, you're going to end up talking about the election, or you're going to end up talking about, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, or you're going to end up talking about Kanye, uh, or whatever it is, right? 
or this year, uh, Kyrie Irving, I don't know, whatever, right? You're going to end up talking about these things and you're going to end up being in an awkward position. Here's what you need to do. Set the boundary beforehand. You know, sometimes you need to just let people know what kinds of conversations you will and will not be a part of. All right. Sometimes I think we can forget that bit of it, that we actually have that opportunity available to us. So if you can do a little, um, you know, a little work on the front end, uh, then that might work. You know, there, um, there's a family member of mine that uh, a few years ago just kind of had to say, Hey, you know, when we get together, um, I am not going to talk, uh, politics with you, uh, because, (laughs) Uh, me and and uh, a relative of mine, we just see the world very differently. And we have made attempts to have some conversation about these things. And it just doesn't work like it never works. And so here's what I figure. Uh, there are so many different other things that we could talk about uh, and able, in order to have a really good time when we gather um, that I don't want one of those things to be politics. So Uh, I had to draw a boundary and draw a line in the sand uh, to just say, I'm not talking about this with you. And ever since then, uh, it has not come up. And I'm grateful (laughs) because now, you know, our relationship can be free of that particular thing. Okay. So here's the second thing. Ask more questions and make less statements. Now, here's the thing. Stay curious if you want to understand the come from of someone else. And let me tell you right now, that is a big if, okay? Don't ask more questions if you're not going to listen and you have an actual genuine heart to hear from somebody else. Like if you want to be involved in that conversation, the best thing that you can do is start to ask more questions because it might actually tell you a lot about how someone has come to their conclusions, okay? So ask more questions, make less statements. And if somebody wants to talk a lot about their own worldview and that they don't ask you what yours is, it's okay for you to jump in and say, is it all right if I share what I think about that situation or what I think about that, um, that view or whatever it is, if you want to get into it, but make sure that you get curious, not condescending. Number three, it's really okay to address something that you deem inappropriate in the moment. Uh, and ask your family if you can get back to enjoying each other's presence at the table. I think this is probably the hardest thing for most of us is there are things that happen at the Thanksgiving table uh, or even at a boardroom table, right? Um, But that happen at the Thanksgiving table where something is really inappropriate or somebody tells a joke that you just feels really uncomfortable or somebody, you know, labels a group of people or whatever it is, right? If, um, you know, if this is part of your personality, and you want to do it, it's okay to address it, right? You can address it and just ask. That's why I I say ask them. If it's okay, if you can just get back to the reason you're there in the first place, okay? The reason that you gathered for Thanksgiving is not to create a town hall effect, right? You didn't come there to talk about politics all day. You didn't come there to talk about everybody's worldview. You didn't, you know, come there to talk about, you know, your gay uncle. You didn't come there to talk about marriage equality or you didn't come there. Like that's not the purpose that you came there. You came there to enjoy one another's presence. 
And so if you can really focus on how do we enjoy each other uh, for this moment, like we'll never have another moment quite like this one, right? For this holiday, let's remember it for something that was beautiful and not drag you know, all of these different things that may separate us into the mix. Let's focus on um, things that are good, things that are um, joyful, things that bring generosity and peace instead of the things that divide, right? As I said before, you know, remember um, there are at least 52 other things that you could talk about instead, right? Talk about your job, Talk about um, what you're doing in the world. Uh, talk about something cool that happened with the kids. Talk about something cool that happened with your marriage. You know, talk about something uh, other than the things that divide. For some of you, um, an idea might be if you have a hard time um, getting conversation going or maintained, like if you don't have someone in your family that's really good at that, uh, there's a really great game. I think it's called uh, Table Topics. But it's something like that. Go grab one of those. And, you know, there's no shame in that, right? It's not corny to go get some table topics and ask each other questions. Uh, you'd be amazed what you actually learn about each other. Okay. And then the last thing is, number four, leaving is always an option. <laughs> All right. Le leaving is always an option. Okay. If things get out of hand or if things get to a point where you don't like it or you're uncomfortable, you can always leave. Now, if, if it's your house, <laughs> that might be a little harder, okay? However, if it's your house, what I would encourage you to do is you get to set the boundaries. You get to set the rules. It's your house. It's your context. So don't be afraid uh, to be a good host, right? Don't abandon uh, your responsibility as being the host. So if this is something that is at your house, you know, you can't just leave and walk away. But what you can do is establish the rules of engagement up front. If you know that your family is probably going to get into an argument later in the day around the table, um, be a good host. Step in and say, this is how we're going to eat together today. Okay. So I hope that's really uh, helpful for you. And I hope it starts to ease maybe even some low level anxiety that you may feel. Okay. The bottom line is this, you and I need to decide now who we will be and what we are willing to tolerate. All right. We need to decide ahead of time because if we wait until we get in the moment, we're all up in our feelings and uh, either we're going to go uh, overboard in anger or we're going to go overboard in shrinking. And neither one of those things is good. So uh, take the time, take five minutes, take 10 minutes, even with your family and decide now who it is that you want to be. OK, so I hope you all have a, a really great um a really great holiday. Um, what I wanted to add to the podcast uh, today is, um, you know, there's these uh, intros and outro songs that you hear on the podcast. They are songs from my records. And if you don't know and you haven't looked it up, uh, I'm an artist and I have four CDs out. You can find me on Spotify. You can buy the music on my website. But I figure what I would do this time is to include, um, you know, the outro song that you usually hear, lots of oohs and ahs and that kind of thing. I uh, decided to add the whole song here for you. It's called Welcome to the New, and I figured uh, it would be something enjoyable for you uh, here this week of Thanksgiving, okay? Um, I am grateful for all of you that listen. Thank you for your time. I love you, and I'll see you next week.
Despite the tears you hurt, the pain 